0: Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Vantato, your host. It's Wednesday, April 13th. and Man, it's cold for April. Welcome to January and April here in Estes Park, Colorado, folks. I know I'm ready for spring weather. My daughters certainly are. You can't get them to wear, you cannot get teenagers to wear, like, winter clothes. Even if you live up in like the rugged mountains of Colorado. Like it's, I don't know. It's just like a teenagers in the mountains things. Like they just refuse. It's shorts and hoodies and crop tops and like, you know, low cut vans with, with no socks. You just can't do it. All right. Well, today we have uh, the interview with Jacob Erdman, who is, he has 970 comedy in Fort Collins, across Northern Colorado, really, and uh, this is in response. He reached out to me after the piece ran with Kevin Demont, who is the uh, the uh, the comedian down in Fort Collins. He's a person of color. He's queer, and uh, talking about some very serious issues within the Fort Collins Northern Colorado comedy scene. And these are important issues. And there there was a bit of a, a, a I'm not going to say scandal, but, you know, there, there were some, some serious issues that were happening there. And uh, so, you know, I always try to get the other side of the story. So he had reached out wanted to come on and talk about that other side. So, uh, of course, I invited him on. So we'll hear what he has to say. Um, I think I'm going to be making some changes to things. Uh, this may be the last week that all the podcasts go out for free. Um, you know, and it's just I'm doing putting so much work into this. And uh, I've got a great, you know, subscription base, but really it's the the, the paid subscriptions that really help my family survive. You know, it helps make sure I have the medications I need for my my wife who's medically disabled, and you know, just help support a family. I've got three daughters here in town. I've got a granddaughter, um, and and trying to make it in today's world as as a writer and and content creator just. It can be difficult. So what I'm thinking I'm going to do is um, an early access program. Now, I've always felt it's really important that this stuff all goes out for free, and it's still going to do that. But if you want the most current podcasts, um, they're going to go out for a week's time uh, where if you're a paid member, you get them immediately. You get them immediately. You get them as soon as they come out. And then in a week's time, I'm going to take off that paywall that that limits it only to paid subscribers so that it'll just be a week later that you'll be able to catch up on everything from the previous week. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm going to try this. You know, this whole project is is an experiment in how things evolve. And, uh, you know, it's changed radically from the very first days when I launched it. And I I assume it's going to change radically. Uh, you know, when it when I finally figure out the the formula to to make it viable, um, but you know I got to support myself writing these books. Yes, I'm getting paid for writing books, but you know advances are only so much, and it's it's very little to actually live on. It's actually quite laughable. Um, so, uh, you know, I had I launched this program to try to supplement that, and um, you know everything's been going out free to everyone so far, um, but I need to meet. Find a way to, to 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 create some value for uh, my paying membership, and it's not much. It's only five ninety nine a month. I did the math. Um, say you go pick up one of the local papers down at the Safeway, and you're paying the seventy five cents a, uh, a paper for two papers a week. This is actually less than if you paid that seventy five cents for every paper. You know, two papers a week, four weeks in a month. You're you're actually uh, paying less than you would for that, and, and we know that you know, like one cup of coffee these days is seven dollars at Starbucks, so uh, you know it, it's really not that much. And and I'm really striving to bring you you know local conversations with with the the people plugged in and involved in Estes Park and around Northern Colorado. So if you find value in that, please help me continue to provide the, the medications I need for my wife and, you know, put food on the table for the girls. It's just, things are getting tight everywhere. Gas prices are out of control. Uh, food, man, you know, those little, the little shopping carts at Safeway, like you used to be able to get out of there for 25, 30 bucks if the, the cart was not that full. Me and my daughter went down to Safeway uh, last week and did one of those little carts. Didn't even fill up like the bottom shelf, just the top shelf. And it wasn't completely full, and it was like sixty eight dollars, just insane. So, you know, I got to try to survive. So this is this is the the way I've found to try to do that. There are also some other options if if you want to help support listenership of the Colorado Switchblade. There's actually options. I'm going to start including these buttons um, built into to uh, the the platform that I use. <clears throat> that will allow you to do some different options with membership. You can donate um, gift subscriptions, full paying membership subscriptions uh, to people in the community that cannot afford it. So that's one option. It's the same price. It's just, and I think it's, I think uh, it's up to me who those subscriptions go to, um, or you can gift subscriptions directly to people. If you want to, you know, get your, 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 your crazy uncle, um, a gift subscription that kind of widen his worldview. Well, that you can, you can purchase him a, uh, and you can do it for one month. You can do it for a year. Um, and you can also do group subscription gifts where say you have a, a, a community group here in the Essex Valley that you think would get value from, from what I'm doing. You can, it's four or more you got to do but you can buy four different subscriptions and parse them out to the people within that group. Um, that's also uh, part of the options in this platform. So we're going to see if that, that might help things out. See if that'll help me sustain what I'm doing here because I'm putting in a lot of hours. I'm, I'm doing a lot of interviews every week and this is on top of, you know, my contractual, um, obligations with with my publisher um, you know having to put in the writing every day but i tell you i wake up every day 6 37 in the morning get my daughters off to school um, check out the news cycle and then i'm immediately going in and working on the podcast on the books my days are just filled i am i may be working in my pajamas and and out of my back bedroom but um, man i am working my ass off so uh, please, again, if you love what you're getting here at the Colorado Switchblade, just consider uh, doing your part as a as a listener, as a reader, to help support it. Make sure it continues to thrive. And we are we are growing. We're seeing tremendous growth both within the Estes Valley and abroad, um, and uh, you know even internationally, it's crazy. I was doing the numbers, doing the breakdowns. There's like a hundred people in Ireland that listen to the podcast. There's 50 people in Germany, of all places, that listen to the podcast. I don't I don't understand where they're coming from or, or how they found us, but you know what? Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, reach out. If you're from Ireland or Germany, let me know. I want to know how it is you, you found me and why you keep listening, because uh, that, that's interesting to me. All right, so we're going to just go ahead and jump into this interview. Uh, some things I got coming up. I'm actually, so one of the main goals that I had when I started the Colorado switchblade, because we have this, this, this large his, his Spanish speaking population here in the SS Valley, they have no outlets. They have nothing. So I've been reaching out to within the community since I started to try to find either someone that I can trust to, to, to produce quality, uh, either articles or podcast episodes that are in Spanish and, um, you know, I, I think uh, the Spanish speakers of our community need their own outlets too. So I, I'm hoping I can help help you know teach what I'm doing here to to other people and and see if we can get something going um, as far as a Spanish uh, uh, speaking population goes here. And uh, I actually have a meeting today with with Rut over at Evix, and um, she might be able to help me with that. We'll see what comes of it. I don't know yet. Uh, I got to go after I'm done recording this, and and just sit down and do some brainstorming. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. It's a it's a it's a slow Wednesday. So we're gonna just jump into this podcast and uh, let me know. Oh, also, I wanted to mention that you know you can listen to this podcast if you prefer to use um, Overcast or. What else is there? There's Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Uh, the Colorado Switchblade is listed on all three. You just got to search for it there within the podcast application, and uh, should be able to find it. There's also a new Substack app that you can get it directly on the app and, and play it directly there, and you can get all the, the updates and stuff straight through the app if you prefer to do that, as opposed to like the traditional email newsletter that we've been doing. Um, I'll put a link into the app as well, and that's free. It doesn't cost anything, um, and, and they're always expanding this platform. It, it's, it's, I can't say enough good things about the Substack platform. It really is helping to empower journalists and writers and content creators, just creatives in general, um, doing some great things. So I, I hope it really um, has, uh, can, can be sustained. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into this discussion about um, you know, what, what happens when there's a sexual predator within something like, say, a, a comedy scene in a, a specific region. And, and you know, the growing pains that come along with uh, a burgeoning creative scene, whether that's a, an art scene or a theater scene, you know, we, we've got to figure things out as we go. There is no how-to manuals that are written for this type of thing. So it's kind of up to us to to figure out as we're going along, like, how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? How do we we safeguard against these issues moving forward as we're, you know, seeing exponential growth? And, uh, you know, there's no doubt Colorado, specifically Northern Colorado, is seeing exponential growth these days. So, all right, here we go. Hope you have a good Wednesday. All right, folks, we're here with comedian Jacob Erdman, who's from the Fort Collins area. And Jacob reached out to me to um, give his perspective on the the interview we did last week with Kevin Dumont, uh, talking about the Fort Collins comedy scene. So as always, I felt it was important to give both sides of a story and, and wanted to bring him on the show to talk about what he wanted to talk about. So how are you doing today? Good, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So let's first start off with who are you? Who are you and and kind of what's your history in the Fort Collins comedian scene?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Jacob Erdman, and I've actually started comedy October 8th of 2013. So I've been a part of this scene for quite a bit now, and I've seen it grow from when I started. There was one show every last I think it was every first Monday at a bar called The East Coast. And two to three sporadic open nights, and it's grown from that aspect to what it is now. Whereas, I personally run four shows around the surrounding community: um, two shows in Loveland, one show in um, Wellington, and one show in Fort Collins, as well as a club opening up and a, a ton of open mics. Right on. So, I I've, I've, yeah, I've been for those so of us basically. who are not
0: familiar with the the fort collins or in the northern colorado comedy scene you know we just d- really have no idea so thanks for letting us know Absolutely. how much it's
1: grown. yeah it's it i mean even further before me a bunch of people who started earlier there was only one open mic back in like 2008 area uh, at a place called the the county corp which no longer exists it was yeah. uh, essentially uh mason and drake i believe
0: yeah that was like behind over near king supers back in the day
1: i i believe so people just say that that's where a lot of people started and then a lot of people actually started at a place that was previously called hody's which is now the comedy okay okay so
0: the old hody's mountain tap is now comedy fort
1: yep well uh hody's half note yeah I'm not sure what Mountain Tap is, but yeah. So.
0: That was a bar beforehand. I was, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty old, so I'm dating myself.
1: There. Oh, okay. I thought it was the Starlight before Hodie's.
0: it was the Starlight too. It was the Starlight, it was Hody's. Oh, okay. It was Mountain Tap. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Got you, got you. Yeah, totally. No, I was listening to your podcast, and um, you know, I I would feel remiss if I wasn't able to defend the scene that has cultivated and like incubated so many great people and comics and you know if they just listen to one side of the story obviously you're only going to get one side of the story but as a friend of mine always says like there's three sides of the story each people's opinions and the facts so you have to do like a venn diagram as to what is what is where and then also just do your own research so what what, so what is I'm your perspective to- then? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, regarding a lot of Kevin's stuff, um, comedy, like I was listening to the podcast and I was taking some notes as to some talking points. And basically they said that uh, as a white clique of dudes who only laugh at their jokes and not yours, I mean, that's not at all how comedy works. Comedy isn't, comedy is one of the most subjective art forms out there, and I don't, personally get a pick and choose what is funny. There are people that I do not like as a person who I will laugh uproariously about regarding their comedy because it's funny, but I still won't like that person. So as to say that I'm not laughing at somebody's jokes because I don't like them is completely false. That that's not how people work. People aren't like holding back laughter because they don't like the people they're holding back laughter because they don't like the jokes. And so that's an overarching narrative regarding comedy in and of itself. So to take, to go up on stage and do a bunch of jokes that nobody's laughing at and saying they're not laughing because they don't like me is completely invalid. That's not how comedy works. That's not at all. And as for like the straight, cis, white, male clique that is Uh, The scene is also invalid. I mean, I would say that there is a clique, and the clique would be the people who actually work at the club. And that would be the genesis and the idea of all the cliques that exist within the Fort Collins comedy scene. And if you go and take a look at people who are employed there, who work at the club, you will see that it's not straight white males. It's not that at all. There are transgender people who work there. There are people of color. There are people of all sexualities, all, you know, it just so, it it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way to say that the Fort Collins comedy scene is a straight white male dominated clique when it is not. It is absolutely not. And like I said, you go to the club and you can see who works there. Yes, there's going to be straight white males, but that's just the nature of life, that that's how it goes. Right, and so it's a it's a very positive scene. It's a scene that really like you ask people comics throughout the country regarding how the scene is in the Fort Collins. Even in, go down to Denver and be like, how is the Fort Collins scene? They're like, it's a very positive scene. We pay well. We put up stage time. We are very encouraging for comics to come up and do the stuff. And a lot of times I book at open mics. So like I said, I, I book and produce a bunch of shows in and around the Fort Collins comedy scene. And that's where I go find new talent and stuff, basically headhunting for comics I've never heard before. And you know, I go there and I see somebody who's funny and I'm like, hey, listen, my name is Jacob. Let me pay you for some stage time. Let's, let's move forward with this. And so I just think that, that whole click idea is just an easy scapegoat to be like, uh, they don't like me because of various reasons, whereas it's not really straight white male clicking. And you know, he was not wrong, or I'm sorry, they were not wrong regarding the uh, the sexual predator stuff.
0: And I, that's I think not, that's the I important, mean, really, the important part of this conversation. Because in any scene, in any community, you're going to have, yeah, um, you know, a certain amount of diversity, and that that's a great thing. But I think the crux of what Kevin is upset about is the 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 ongoing complaints of sexual assault um, with members within the community comedy scene and more specifically like we know that that there's always people that get in that may be bad actors or whatnot but really it's what's happening to move forward what's happening to, to make sure that that type of activity doesn't happen again um, you know and and so I guess let me ask yeah. you that. So what what has been happening within the comedy scene to kind of safeguard, make sure that, you know, women feel safe around some of these comedians and coming out to these shows that they they aren't felt like, you know, and there have been police reports made. There have been, you know, uh, complaints made about this. And, and one of the people involved actually has a felony assault on a on an exotic dancer on his record. So. Let me. What is happening within the Fort Collins comedy scene to safeguard that moving
1: forward? Absolutely, and like any other fringe society that is uh, comedy, it's a very self-policing subgroup of people. So, it. I was not made aware of the situation as it was progressing because I did not work with that comedian. Because I didn't like their jokes. So I didn't like their jokes, so I didn't really book them on shows. I didn't hang out with those pe- that person because I just wasn't friends with them. That just so it was never in my uh, point like it, it was never in my on my radar. Um, and but it's been my experience that, like I said, it's a very self- policing situation where when they found out, the the, the the heads that be or whoever it was found out, We, as a collective, immediately shut it down. And, like I said, I didn't know about it, but I did have a friend say that she felt she was a roommate at the time, and she was like, "I do not feel comfortable around this person. I'm not going to get into it." And I and I was having a party. I was like, "Well, that's fine. They're not invited anymore. If you don't feel if you're if you're living at my house and you don't feel comfortable around somebody, they will not be here. That's the end all be all." But regarding the the amount of I guess, assault verbally or physically or otherwise that was that this person was doing, I was not made aware of it. But what I was made aware of is that when other people did make, were aware of it, they shut it down as quickly as possible. And it sucks that it's not on whoever's timeline. But, and I've reached out to Kevin regarding this as well. I was like, thank you for outing this person, because I had no idea. And regarding the other people, like the owner of the club and friends of mine, who said various things, like Kevin um, uh, said it like it wasn't. If it was my girlfriend, I would I would work faster, or you know whatever the previous podcast said. I have no idea. It was not really any of my um, wasn't on my radar at all. So when they did find out, he was outed immediately. They basically took they gave his money back that he invested in the club and they they said, don't ever show your face around here again. You're no longer welcome. There are women that he did assault who still come to the club because, uh, because now, I mean, it's, it's as safe as we can make it. And there are people who are paying more and better attention to the, uh, Hey, this guy's a creep or otherwise. And, but how to make it safe i have no idea i mean the, all all that we can do collectively is pay more attention to the people who are showing us the red flags pay more attention to the people that are the victims of said people so but how we can move forward regarding making it more safe that's as good as guesses any I, I really don't know
0: I think really, Kevin felt he was not being heard. So maybe just knowing that what he's saying is being heard. um, Let's talk about more importantly, because, you know, creative communities, it's like herding cats, there's a lot of different personalities. And, and in the end, the benefits far outweigh uh, the, the, the negative things that happen and tend, we do tend to overcome things. So you know, I, how can we move forward in, in more positive directions? How do you think we can start, um, you know, getting back to that momentum we've seen with the growth of, of the comedy scene and the music scene and just all of Northern Colorado. We're going through this tremendous period of growth. And this is kind of part
1: of those growing pains, I think. How do we keep moving forward with that? That That is, that is the question. That's the question of the century. And all, all we can do is, be more diligent regarding the people who are calling the other people out. I mean, there there is no other way around it. Is um, and like I said, I mean, I, it was not brought to my attention until it was already said and done. Yeah. How? Let me ask you this: How is until the comedy scene? Up.
0: How is the comedy scene in Northern Colorado kind of set up? Is it is it like a nonprofit? Or are there for profit businesses? Is there a way to set a policy for you know if a woman or, or anyone has a complaint? um saying something to the effect of you know as as bad as I, i'm being sexually assaulted or i don't feel comfortable or this is just you know can we put together a policy is there a way to do
1: that is there a mechanism i mean you can put together a policy but how are you going to implement that policy how are you going to be like everybody who comes to this open mic you have to sign this waiver you have to push this forward. if anyone and like also with comedy i mean the idea of being sexually assaulted and then also the idea of being felt uncomfortable how are you supposed that that's a very subjective i mean assault is not subjective that's a very objective but uncomfortability that's a very subjective idea so it's like how did this person make you feel uncomfortable did they were they drunk i mean that never is that an uh an option to lean on but like you know just how do they make it was were they on stage and they said a religious joke and you're religious that made you feel uncomfortable because that happens a lot right comedy is so subjective that it's it's the whole idea. and so what somebody feels uncomfortable like let's say somebody will do like what a very blasphemous joke meanwhile i'm just like no i'm just giving you the facts of what jesus was like shit like that like so it's it's really hard to implement a like a contingency or like uh a plan of that nature it, it just it really is impossible because it's there's so many people coming in and out so there's no like it was, uh,
0: basically it's just a bunch of independent producers if i'm understanding correctly that's how
1: things work well there the club is the club so the okay. club has a lot of top tier comics coming through so they have contracts and stuff. but Otherwise it's what we call the DIY do it yourself. So that's, you know, the shows that Kevin are producing, that's the shows that I'm producing. And if there is any, and it's the same thing. Like if there's any sort of like, Hey, this dude's been a creep. Here's the amount of people who he's been a creep to. And then you go and check it out. And it turns out that that's right. You just don't deal with those people. You don't, you don't deal with that idea and we can only work within the paradigm of the information that we have available to us. And people not responding to uh, Kevin's pleas and 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 Kevin's um, partner's pleas unknown to me because it was never brought to my attention. So I can't defend or whatever to anybody because I wasn't there, that, that wasn't, it wasn't. So, you know, it's a bummer. That's all I can say about that. Is it a total bummer that that happened? It's a total bummer that that person was preying on uh, women in the comedy scene. But outside of, I mean, like I said, eight years, I've, I've been in the scene eight years and it's been one very, very toxic person. I mean, out of the yeah. hundreds of people who've moved in and out of the scene, I'm not saying that that's, I mean that's about as good as you can get in a self-policing atmosphere and dealing with the information that we have available we will move forward to get those people out of it but it's 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 a shitty situation where we can only act after the violation has occurred i
0: i wonder if maybe like an arts district or you know a comedy district some sort of you know non uh kind of a, a non-profit type situation you know at least a, a loose confederation of the producers might come in handy for something like that and you know moving forward if oh, you're we're growing talking, then that yeah. might actually be something worth looking into
1: well that's what we do that that does occur the, the loose affiliation of producers because there have been people who have come from out of town and, and then like a denver producer hits me up and they're like hey listen this person is awful they're toxic they treated us poorly They haven't done their due diligence as a a road comic. And I was like, with that said, I trust these local producers that I will not book those people. So that already does exist. If there is a known predator or a known shitty person in the scene that is traveling through or in the scene, those people will be blacklisted. They, They will not be allowed to move forward in the booking scene. And I mean, that's as best as we can do, and it sucks. Like I said, we can only deal with the problems after they've occurred, and that's that's a total bummer. Yeah. But outside of that, I feel it's a very, very positive scene. I mean, you go, like I said, you go around the country, you talk about the Fort Collins scene, and ninety-nine percent of the comics to go through here are like, man, this scene is where it's at. I mean, there, there's people who are moving out of Denver up here to be a part of this scene because Denver is so fractured because it's way bigger, obviously. And they're coming up here to be more of like a community, more of a household situation.
0: Well, I, I definitely love to get the, uh, the owner on of the uh, comedy club, uh, to, to tell us about kind of some of the policies they may be looking at and whatnot. Um, and just stay more plugged into it. I, I like I said, I think it's a, a growing yeah. creative scene here in Northern Colorado. And, you know, we got to, we gotta go through growing pains and we've gotta call out the, the bad behavior, but uh we we still gotta like we wanna have a, a comedy scene. Like that that
1: yeah. that's part of the good things in life. And let it be known that Kevin was never blacklisted from the scene. Like he basically blacklisted himself, and all of us are just like, he's more than or they are more than welcome to come back into the scene. I mean. For them to say that they've been blacklisted is like saying that they've been blacklisted from visa and mastercard it's like it wasn't visa and mastercard saying that you can't be there it was your poor credit rating and your late payments i mean to to say a scene is toxic meanwhile you're using their resources to say that how toxic is it in an, in and of itself and I just really if if when people listen to either this podcast or the previous one I mean just know that it's a very subjective idea and we're trying our best and all we can do is listen to each other more that's it all I and I think that's a key more. I
0: think the key is listening more and you know I I think we need to listen very intently anytime there are allegations of sexual assault anytime there are Absolutely. allegations of that nature that it never should be put on the back burner and should always be yeah. addressed in a very open way. Um, you know, so, but again, these, these, we're, we're figuring this out as we go, there is no, you know, manual to how to start a comedy scene in your area. Um, exactly. and you know, there's a lot of different dynamics at play. There's a lot of different, like I said earlier, herding cats.
1: Mm-hmm. And as a producer of comedy shows, I don't specifically, I don't at all want Cis white males on my show ever. It's that would be awful because you want a different perspective on all of your shows. Like, I run a show up in Wellington that I call my red show because it's a lot of hardcore Republicans that are up there. And so, but they may be like Republican by like maybe even whatever Trump calls it, rhinos, but they're also very socially progressive because I brought trans comics up there, I bought gay comics up there, I I bought comics of color people of color and every single one of those people have been welcomed with open arms so but that's the thing too is that you have to kind of push the boundary as to what you're comfortable with i mean because there there isn't it's not like the i guess the academy awards you're not going to be assaulted at any of my shows there's no chance of that happening. i mean i mean the academy
0: awards didn't think that was going to happen either but will smith exactly exactly
1: yep but there will. Be, I will. I will try my best to keep every comic safe, and I book accordingly. And so, again, I do not want an all-white male lineup ever. I mean, you look at my the history of my lineups. If it's ever an all-male lineup, it's because other people have canceled. And as a producer, I just need to get the show on the road. Like I just need to get the show going. So since it is overwhelmingly straight white males comedians out there they are the easiest people to book last minute but other than that I mean I book everybody as much as I can all the time and the scene is uh very progressive in that regards as well I mean like I said you go to the you go to the comedy fort and you can see who the employees are and you'd be like wow this is a very progressive scene nobody is being." Outed for their sexuality, their their, binariness or non binariness Like there is none of that that I can see. But then again, as a straight white male, a lot of my my existence exists within that paradigm. So it's kind of hard to break out of it. But once it's brought to my attention, it's like I it, this is how you grow. This is how you progress. Yeah. Is being either called out or being just say, hey, these are the mistakes you are making. Please you know, try not to make those in the future. And that's what the scene is trying to do. And it's a very, it's a very positive scene. And just because, you know, one sexual predator ruins it, that, I mean, that can happen. But we are trying, like I said, you can't, I just don't know. I mean, you can't implement a background check on everyone who comes into the scene. And to make people more safe, I guess the only real thing we can do is, Trust your instincts. If if somebody's giving you a red flag, just understand that that exists and do not hang out with that person.
0: All right, Jacob, well, is there anything else you want to add that we have not touched upon?
1: No, I mean, outside of the fact that it's a very positive scene and it just it's a bummer that Kevin has such a negative uh, view of it. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's but I mean, what are we what are we going to do? I mean, like I said, they're not blacklisted by any means. They are always welcome to come to every and any open mic. Um, And uh, just everybody is, it's an open mic. I mean, outside of the people who are blacklisted, I use the sexual predator. And um, there's like another of, there's like, I think maybe two or three people who are just really not allowed around the scene anymore. But that's again, a very self-policing idea. Other than that, Come on down, try your hand at comedy and see how scary it is on stage because it's really scary. Like being on stage is so scary.
0: Well, maybe we can have some healing come come from all of this. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can find a way that everyone can have a place there. Um, How can people find out about uh, more of the Fort Collins comedy scene if they want to go take in a show or something? Where's the best place to get some information on all that?
1: I would say the best place to get all the information is just the Comedy Fort website and then from there I run a bunch of shows as my production company 970 comedy. So you can always look look up that. I'm always posting shows on my Instagram and my business Facebook page and stuff. So yeah, if you want to check out uh club scene or the DIY scene it is available. And then also just basically just look it up. I mean we're, we're as we're as visible as we can be on the internet. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for reaching out. I appreciate the fact that you, in the first place, listened to the podcast and then reached out to uh, to give your side of the story.
1: Absolutely. And it's just like I said. There's three sides of the story at all times. It's the perspectives and then the truth. And so people are going to have to figure it out for themselves. But yeah, I hope that um, this will allow people to do their own research because it is a very progressive scene and just I just like I said I just feel remiss if somebody speaks so poorly of it when I've had such a positive experience so fair enough all right thanks Jacob
0: all right folks well that's the podcast for today hope you enjoyed it well i actually had some good news while i was processing this i went out to to do some brainstorming with uh root uh, over at evix and it looks like we're gonna we're gonna put together we're gonna try to put together in about three weeks time the first ever spanish only podcast um covering local news and such out of esses park it'll be a part of the colorado switchblade um but uh Root's going to have full editorial control because she knows the stories that are important to the Spanish-speaking communities here in Essex Park. Um, she's going to help me put together all the text and stuff that goes along with it uh, because I don't speak or write Spanish. And uh, I, obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm a crazy tattooed white guy in Essex Park, so I don't know the stories that are important to the Spanish-speaking community here. So I figured, well, what? she could figure that out <laughs> and, and we're going to do that and, and you know what she's really plugged in she just today got the uh the invitation or acceptance letter from the to be part of the board of directors for the ss park health foundation and um, she's also been part of the uh, diversity committee i believe it was at the city of ss park I, i've got an interview that i recorded while i was there so we're going to go ahead and just uh we'll talk about that later this week Uh, Just a quick little thing, and they have a a fundraiser going on, so. All right, I got to get to writing. Thanks for tuning in yet again to the Colorado Switchblade. And as always, I'm Jason Van Tatenhove. I'll talk with you soon.